You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. There we go, Jeremy. Leading off, the first thing everybody will hear besides me talking to myself, getting the podcast going. Please no one get hurt during this podcast. Um, only hurt feelings, Jeremy. That's the, <laughs> that's oh, the yeah. only thing. Uh, if I dump my coffee, it's really, really hot. We're going to have a McDonald's situation, but no one to sue but me. And uh, I think that should be about it, you know, unless my cat comes in and jumps in my lap, 17 pounds of claws that can do some damage. I got yeah, it's uh, <laughs> Nick, it's 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 upsetting. It really is. Um, yeah. You know, I watched games. I was listening to the game, but I didn't see it live and we'll watch it after the fact. And I hate watching games when you know there's about to be a big injury. Yep. You know, it's just you're like you're like here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. He goes down, he holds his knee, and it's just it's sickening. You feel sick to your stomach when you're just yep. watching it. And I feel so bad for Hamler. Um, it's it's like, you know, who's next? These guys have to be walking around like they're in a horror movie right now. It really sucks, and it takes the wind out of the sails for a team that should be riding really high right now. I mean, they're still riding high, and luckily, most of these injuries, the guys are coming back. Um, it sounds like these the only season-ending injuries they've had have been Josie Jewell and now KJ Hamler, which we'll get into today. But still, like these guys are coming back. Are they going to be a shell of themselves? Like, what's it going to look like? Um, but that's that's football. That's why that's you build. The, I mean, that's 53. two starters. Who else has lost two starters for the season in the first three weeks? You know, that's the Ravens and the Colts lost a lot, like before the season even started. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the Broncos right now they're with like six or seven, if you consider KJ Hamler a starter. Of their starters have been injured um in three weeks so it's just it's insane it's really unfortunate um the fact that if this team can come out of this next like five game stretch with three wins heck even two wins that's an accomplishment and they took care of business being three and oh um so it's not the biggest deal if they do go two and five in these next few games they're still right in the playoff hunt but uh yeah it's the injuries have sucked um we'll get into it a little bit more let's say hello to dave glassman coming in with the hearts here orange and then blue over on facebook thanks dave um, and also we got him over on YouTube as well. So thanks Dave very much. We've also got Mark Lindemode. Good morning, Broncos family. Good morning to you, Mark. EJ's in the house. Good to see you, EJ. Good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos country. Um, <laughs> we have, uh, the, the, the real, real Pepe, Pepe Silva. Silva. Actually, yeah. it would probably be real, real Pepe Silvia. Yeah. And he's, uh, your avatar there, your picture there is a little scary. I'm not sure what's going on, but he says, I have arrived and oh, oh, and good morning. Good to see you, Pepe. Um, also we got Chase Wellner in the house. Morning, Nick and Scott. Did all your teams win this weekend? No. Um, no. no. Did Auburn lose to Georgia State? No, they, they okay. ended up winning that game, but I'm more concerned about uh when it comes to fandom, I'm I'm about soccer. Oh, so, they lost a yeah. So football football became a job 10 years ago. Uh soccer is where my fandom is, and Chelsea lost to City and Atlanta United lost. Yeah. They look terrible. So well. I'm riding high. Uh, my Iowa Hawkeyes are 4-0, number five in the country. They get, did get jumped by Penn State, but they have a big game at Maryland this weekend on Friday night football, so that'll be great. Um, my St. Louis Cardinals, 16 games in a row. Pretty insane. And, That's crazy. Uh, Broncos 3-0, so I'm I'm riding high right now, man. I'm, I'm enjoying the wave. No, it's inevitably going to come crashing down, but, you know, just just, no. just ride but as long as you can. Importantly, my kids played two games. They they won both of theirs, so. There we that, go. That was, I'm that's the important part. That's where my fandom actually is. There we go. And also, as you always say, I'm cheering for me. <laughs> but DBA coming in. Good morning, everyone. Good to see you, DBA. U.S. Dave. Buenos dias. Good to see you. Um, we got John D. Oh, the thing jumped on me. Let's get EJ. Trinity Benson's trade made no sense at the time. Why trade before the season even begins before? Hopefully Peyton learned not to trade before the season again. 
we're going to get into the Trinity Benson trade as well, um, I'm sure. Uh, but I'm not as upset about it as other people. Um, and I've went back and watched Trinity Benson on the Lions games. And, you know, he's been fine. But uh, you got a fifth round pick for him. And maybe David Moore is just as good of a player. And you pick them up off a of practice squad. So we'll see what how Trinity Benson's career plays out. But I think um, there were ample wide receivers of close enough quality that you were able to get another shot in the draft, another cost-controlled player. That That's fine with me. Uh, John D Herrera. Good morning. Great to be three, and zero. but man going to miss our re- receiver course, speedy recovery. Yeah, man. I'm bummed about KJ Hamler. Um, Ken Booker. Good morning. Uh, at the next meet and greet, you guys should bring breakfast. Uh, maybe coffee breakfast, is a little expensive for you guys. I mean, unless you guys want uh, keg kegs and eggs. That's what we grew up on in, uh, <laughs> Iowa city, going to the football games, a bunch of bacon, some eggs and, uh, a keg. That's a good time. <laughs> I miss, I miss the undergrad a little bit sometimes just, uh, the glory days, right? Listen up, Broncos country. TickPick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T I C K. P-I-C-K is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets. TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Um, but let's get into it uh, here before we get off uh, too far. This is obviously Broncos for breakfast. You guys can follow Scott and myself on Twitter, Scott at Scout Kennedy and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. Follow us also at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you're at Facebook, join us also at Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle. Become a supporter. Also join us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod and YouTube folks, please subscribe, like, and share uh, doing so can help us heck of a lot and it costs you nothing. I know there's a lot of other good Broncos content out there, but we like to think that we're doing it as good as anybody and uh, your support uh, could be just subscribing, liking, and sharing this channel. That does us a heck of a lot of good and we really appreciate it. Also, while you're doing that over on YouTube, go to Scott's channel, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. We've been coming at you live uh, one or two mornings a week. And uh, talking a little bit of just draft, uh, NFL in general, and some Falcons. So it's been fun. Um, we're keeping the ball rolling. And uh, pl- like I said, plenty of coffee. Um, and uh, any super chats come in? Oh, yeah. Scott, um, I know you've been working the producing angle here. What's going on with the uh, this month's uh, giveaway, I guess? Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but that's okay. Um, I do that at night. But the uh, the, the the number for the... Who are we giving away? Justin Simmons? It's Justin Simmons, right? Mm-hmm. It was Von Miller last time. Justin Simmons jersey. I think we're at 90% of goal on Facebook. Uh, I, I keep track of the movers and shakers on YouTube. And some of the questions I get, does it matter which podcast that you're on that you do anything to? No, as long as you're doing it on the Facebook page. Facebook keeps track of it uh, on there. It doesn't matter which podcast. So we appreciate when you come to ours just to, to let other people know, hey, we're we're in business too. So, um, yeah, I've been, uh, been doing a lot. I was on... Uh, Saturday night for you while, while you were uh, you were taking care of some some family business of sorts and uh, 
probably getting sick of me by now. Jeez. Ah, no, I'm enjoying this. This has been a lot of fun. We've been doing it since March now, April now. Um, but it's it's been a great time. Um, so yeah, guys, gotta get in your super chats and your uh, stars on Facebook, and the top five. St- Super chat givers will get a chance to on YouTube. We'll get a chance to win that Justin Simmons jersey and uh, 500 minimum stars gets you a chance to be in the raffle for that uh, Justin Simmons jersey. And Justin Simmons, you know, he's uh, a lot of people will poke fun at pro football focuses grades. I mean, they probably should. Did you see that uh, Jalen Hurts came out of yesterday's game with a higher PFF grade than Dak Prescott? What are we doing? No, what are we doing? You know, that stuff is so subjective. I always say it's nice to use those as a guide. Um, you know, when, when I when I do rankings, do you think coaches actually look at your rankings? Yes, I, I know they do. They'd be stupid not to. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean that they're that's how their board is, but you know, if, if you, when you've got a limited amount of time to do things, I know that if I look at twenty guys, I might not agree with the order, but you probably got the right twenty, give or take, that I can look at. And you know, I, I thought Elijah Vera Tucker was really good two weeks ago, I was like, wow, I was really impressed. And then I found, you know, and then some people are saying he's one of the worst graded guys on the team. I'm like, what? Okay. Well, I disagree. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I watched him for the most part this week against the Broncos, I thought he was pretty good. Um, you know, and not just for a rookie, but pretty, pretty good overall. You know, he had his hands full. I thought Mike, Mike Purcell played really well yeah, he did. Um, uh, inside at, at nose guard, probably had his best game so far, which probably means he's starting to get healthy. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree with you there. Um, the team, I mean, Broncos took care of business, right? There's not much more you can say. They absolutely whipped up on the Jets. Um, that was the most convincing victory I've seen this season. And Peter Middleton coming in with the Stars talking about convincing. He says, Stars like these with the uh, dollar signs, the thinking, and the wink tongue out face. Um, well, probably tells more about how I feel because I thought that was the puke emoji the first time I saw it. <laughs> no, it, lo- it looks like, the, I mean, it's so small, but I think those are the uh, dollar sign eyes and the dollar sign uh, yeah, Dave, Dave came in earlier. That was the it was the hearts and stars. Hearts, the stars, stars of our heart. Oh, thanks so much, Dave, and thanks so much, Peter Middleton, and getting your chance to, uh, you know, get within that Justin Simmons jersey, and also keeping the lights on uh, for the morning show. Obviously, Huddle Up Pod is the flagship program, and they do they do big business. But um, we like to think the you know, little guys here bringing good content, and we appreciate you guys joining us here. Um, but yeah, no, let's talk a little bit. Uh, KJ Hamler. I want to get into that because I think it really changes the complexion of this offense going forward in a negative way. And I'm not sure exactly how the Broncos are going to outright uh, replace him if they can at all. And I don't think it only has implications on this season. Unfortunately, I think it has implications for uh, going forward, given KJ or uh, Vic Fangio's words of uh, KJ Hamler tore his ACL and some other stuff. That, uh, that some other stuff is doing some heavy lifting, and that scares the absolute bleep out of me. Well, and, and it's not ju- it's also the style of receiver that he is. You know, we, yeah. we talked about Cortland Sutton coming back a little bit more because he's a bigger receiver, and quickness isn't going to be his main asset. But when you're talking about a smaller guy, if he loses half a step, half a step could be a big difference in, you know, at this level. It, you know, we're talking about fine yeah. margins here. Um and yeah, I don't, I don't worry so much about the Broncos moving forward, except for, you know, you're, you're starting to get into depth concerns. Yeah. Um, you know, you're, you're just fine to be able to go out there with, you know, a, two big wide receivers and a tight end in, in the middle or a double tight set with two big receivers. You know, now it's on uh, when you were gone, uh, we had a conversation Saturday night about 
who is uh you know, is Tim Patrick really going to be worth a ton of money? I think I think y'all are overselling him based on his production. Now is his chance. Yeah. Now now is his chance. Now now he's got a chance to put up several hundred yard games where he, you know you start looking at the, at the at the numbers and he's coming in and and becomes a key guy because before that I don't I don't know that that was ever going to happen where he's ever going to get more than you know two or three catches a game, 40, 50 yards here, maybe the odd seventy yard game. He goes into a free agency and you're looking at his stats it's like this guy's never had more than six, seven hundred yards in a season. He only did that once. Why would anybody pay him eight figures in a contract? He's got the talent now. Now it's the time for him. to. Sh- it's, it's really his time to shine. And uh, talking about coming back with an injury and, and Sutton and, and trusting his knee in the mental aspect of coming back from that, not just the physical um late in the second quarter i saw him catch like a almost a slant and he cut in it was down towards the goal line he cut back in towards the middle and cut once cut twice and then turned it back upfield i'm like all right he's back he he feels good (laughs) about his knee otherwise you're you're basically diving for yardage right there uh and not trying to make those moves so for me that was the the clearest indication yet that Cortland sutton is really really close to 100 if not 100 it made me feel good especially knowing what was going on with uh with hamler yeah no carton sutton's look good tim patrick had a heck of a game he might have been the mvp um he's just he's so good at tracking the football and putting his body in a position where he uses that six foot five frame where only he can get it and then extend so um it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him and sutton this offseason but he's been i know he came in to the nfl with injury concerns but he's been mr consistent the last two seasons and uh we're really happy to have him right now. I know there's some talk. Oh, maybe you can flip Tim Patrick for a three or a two. Um, and if somebody offered that, you know, you'd have to think about it long and hard. Uh, I know it hurts you this season, but I mean, that's those are valuable, valuable chips for like the next four years. But I'm glad that uh, really glad that Tim Patrick's here right now. And he's been he's been phenomenal. Uh, we got John yeah, D. Herrera. Yeah, Go ahead. We, we've talked about and we were going to need it. If, if the Broncos were going to need it, if they're going to make a run is a little luck with the injury. Well, the injury has been completely unlucky, but now yeah. the depth you're using your depth, but you can't go any farther than this You're Now you don't have now your depth is almost gone in several positions. Cause now yeah. you're, 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 uh, you're dipping into that depth. Uh, yep. And now we're starting to get towards the, the teeth of the schedule. Yeah. It's uh, the Broncos are in a good position, you know, maybe even playing with a little bit of house money being three, you know, at this point with seven te- uh seven teams making the playoffs in the AFC, but the AFC West man is a monster. I don't know if did you watch? Have you gone back and watched the Chiefs Chargers game yet? I haven't. I've, I've watched uh, basically parts of four different NFL games: uh, okay. Broncos, Falcons, Cowboys, and whoever played early. I've already forgotten. Well, man, Justin Herbert's the truth, um, and my God, I mean, he's just he's so aesthetically pleasing too uh, mm-hmm. to watch play. He is he's phenomenal. It's really upsetting. I I, I love him actually. And it's upsetting to me. <laughs> we got John coming in. Uh, do you think the Broncos sign another wide receiver to the roster other than more, just in case we get more thin on the roster? Hopefully, no more injuries. Um, I think this is a. I have a multi-part answer here for you, John. And uh, are these stars, or this is this just a good question? Oh, uh, they're stars. They John, are, they are thank stars. You. Thank you for the stars. Love you, John. God bless you. Um, that's awesome. Uh, thank you so much. Um, so. I think this is multifaceted, this answer here. So first you bring in more. I th- there's also talk that they're going to bring up Seth Williams as well. Your guy, Scott, getting a chance. He didn't really we'll impress see. him. We'll see. He's, a, he's, a different, he's not that type of receiver. No. But again, in the slot, it's almost like the guard and tackle debate 
Mm-hmm. If you can play tackle, you can play guard. If you can play guard, it doesn't necessarily mean you can play tackle. If you can play outside, you can play inside. But if you can play inside, it doesn't necessarily mean you can play outside. Yeah. So you can drop a big receiver in the slot. You yeah. can. Um, in fact, some of the best receivers in history, you move them into the slot to try and free them up some. So typically there's a little bit more space you want a, a quicker type guy in there, but you can put a big receiver in the slot. That's not a problem. I mean, Alan Lazard's made a career of it uh, in Green Bay so far. So, um, but the, I think that you do have a chance where you see a David Moore um, get a chance, a run first. Uh, he's more of a speed receiver. And uh, we're going to see, we need to see how we do these next three games approaching the trade deadline. And we're going to have more information on how this team looks, the direction they are. Like if they're three and three, or I think the trade deadlines after week six, but let's say they're three and three. It's then, um, then maybe you're not making a move. Uh, but let's say you're five and one, and you're not as impressed with David Moore, and you have more information at that point of Jerry's Jerry Judy's injury as well. Mm-hmm. Then you can reevaluate and sit back and be like, okay, we have this extra capital for trading Trinity Benson. Maybe we flip that fifth round pick back around and bring in a uh, a different wide receiver uh, to this team. But um, right now, I think you're probably just going to make do with what you have. And uh, once you gather more information about how guys are looking and uh, how Jerry Judy is progressing, then you can make a more informed decision when that deadline's pressing up on you. And and, and Peter's uh, coming back with another set of stars saying, Patrick, to be signed early, I would now. Um, I'd still gamble on him. I, I'd take mm-hmm. a gamble on him and see how he does over the next three or four weeks where he's going to be a, a very key member of this team because it's going to be hard to spread the ball around 11 or 12 receivers when you've only got seven healthy. So, you know, mm-hmm. including your backs. So there should be a more concentrated area of touches. There should be more production from the production from these guys. Uh, so let's see how it goes. But going back to the, the this is a name I saw bounce around last mm-hmm. night in John Brown. Um, the only thing I have to say about John Brown is the Falcons brought him in for a workout last week and didn't sign him. If he's not good enough for the Falcons wide receiving core, you don't want him. <laughs> that's that's all I can say about Jim Brown. I know nothing else, but to me, that is, you know, trust your own evaluations, blah, blah, blah. But the Falcons are, are crying out for another wide receiver right now, and they didn't sign him last week, not even to their practice squad. Yeah, that's uh, that is interesting to see. Um, he does bring speed, and John Brown also has the sickle cell trait. I don't know if he has full-blown sickle cell anemia, but he does have sickle cell trait and he played two games in Denver, I think before that condition was discovered. Um, so that might deter the Broncos from bringing him in. That might deter him from going to the Broncos because that mile high air, um, it can be a, a, an issue for him. Um, we got Chris Hernandez coming in here. Good morning to you, Chris. Chris says, good morning, MHH fam. Looking forward to hearing about this week's matchup. Thanks for all you do. We'll definitely talk more about this week's matchup. I don't know if it'll be today uh, just because there's still so much to talk about from the Jets game, everything that's happened and the KJ Hamler injury. Um, But this Ravens game is going to be a big one. And um, Broncos got a chance to show the world that they're real, right? Like I've not been impressed with the Ravens. The Chiefs are one and two and the Ravens just barely beat the Chiefs. Um, The Ravens got beat by an Oakland team whose wins keep looking flukier and flukier. Um, And, you know, that's coming from somebody who supports the Broncos, whose teams they've beat are 0-9. You know, I I understand that, but it's not like the Raiders are out here beating, you know, superstar teams right now. At least that's how it looks on paper. It's early in the season. Nobody's proven anything at this point. Yeah. Really, you don't know. You don't know who's who. And, And Ken, did I say Jim? He did say Jim Brown. I did say Jim. Well, yeah, that shows my age too. John Brown, obviously John, John Brown. Brown. Yeah. Uh, Jim Brown was brought in because they really needed a running back, and he's probably the second best running back. No, I'm kidding. Um, John Brown, speedster. But Jim Brown, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, he's he's definitely in the argument for greatest football player of all time. So Jim Brown, he's up there. Um, nice stars, five hundred. There we go. Automatically in the uh, in the running for the Justin Simmons jersey with that kind yeah, of. Yeah, Chris is Chris is there already. Yeah, Chris that was, came that in. Was for Chris. Chris is Chris is way up there on the leaderboard. We appreciate the support. Chris is on the Mount Rushmore uh, for me. Um, Joseph T. Fisher, good morning, guys. Have a great day. You too, Joseph. Um, DBA, congrats to your Falcons, Scott. That's, that's a big one. We got Andrew Morrow's in the house. Andrew's also always a big supporter. We love you, Andrew. Good morning. Thoughts on our wide receiver pickup and other available options? Kind of got into it a little bit. I'll do a little bit more David Moore. Um, he was, I thought, a solid third wide receiver for the Seahawks out here. However, if he was on a practice squad, you know, that does say a little bit about his his ability, right? Like he was a really good wide receiver. He wouldn't be on a practice squad. Um, but also I think there's, there's as much depth in the NFL right now at the wide receiver position as we've seen in decades, you know, thanks air raid, thanks spread offenses. Um, and, uh, bringing in David Moore to be your fourth wide receiver that can bring a little bit of vertical ability to your offense and nurse you uh, while you're waiting for Jerry Judy to come back. Well, I think that's fine. You're three and zero, and you're talking a lot of this talk is about what we expect, not what we've seen. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause I mean, what, what are you replacing right now in KJ Hamler? Four catches, 75 yards. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's not much. Um, you know, if, if you look at it purely as cold, logically robotically as possible, there's not a lot of production that needs to be replaced yet, but we know what he's capable of. At least we think we do. Yeah. Uh, and that's what hurts is a loss there. And plus, like I said, you're, you're dipping into your depth. Now, now you don't have the depth. You're, you're losing your depth at yeah. guard. You're dipping into your depth at corner. Your wide receiver depth is, is, has taken a hit. You're still good. You're still good right there with Sutton and Patrick. But now there's, there's, there's nobody behind him. Hopefully Judy gets back. And yeah. now you're starting to get that, that depth of target again. Cause you know, injuries happen, obviously. I don't have to tell Denver Broncos fans. And, you know, and sometimes guys just have bad matchups or, or bad days, and it's mm -hmm. nice having other go-to type of guys. No, I agree with you totally. Um, and the Broncos, the only reason that we know that we have depth is because of the injuries we had last year. Um, and we're figuring out again this season. But um, this is the reason that, you know, somebody in theory, somebody like George Payton stacks those day three picks because while maybe you're not getting a bunch of starters out of those guys, you're improving your depth rather than just signing street free agents or undrafted guys. So uh, we'll see how it works out. Uh, Diamond Rattler coming in here saying, boom, let's go. Good to see you, Diamond. Um, Pooping Hippo, I'm going to the Ravens game. Good morning, everyone. Good morning to you, Pooping Hippo. Vinny J saying, good morning, Broncos country. On a hike with a Husky on a rare, breezy Nevada morning. Sounds beautiful. Also, Vinny answered your question. David Moore, he'd find wide receiver um, for a fourth or fifth. He's not going to bring what K uh, KJ Hamler brought. Um, we should probably bring in the schematically what K losing KJ Hamler means for this team, but uh, it's uh, it's unfortunate, but I, I like David Moore. He's fine. He's solid. Gary Leeds Palmer, morning all. Good morning. Talking about Mount Rushmore. There's Gary. Love you, Gary. Um, good to see you. DeAndre also in here. Good morning, guys. Broncos can beat the Ravens. They absolutely can. Justin Tucker. Oh, my God. Talking about on a Mount Rushmore. Did, did you see? That's incredible. 66-yard field goal off the upright. God. I, I did see play. it. It was kind of cool. Um, you know, taking it a little more personally, it's, uh, I, I told you my last term, my son actually had a slump. He was like, you know, one yeah. for eight, uh, his home run hit the front of the fence, bounced straight up back down on top of the fence and then fell over for a home run. I'm like, sometimes you just need to be a little lucky on that and 66 yards. And what's crazy. I thought, I didn't know. I thought that was one of those. It was, it was, it was tied. If he misses, he goes to overtime. When I heard about it, I'm like, no, that was, let's kick this thing for the win or we're yeah. going to lose. That's ballsy. Yeah. You know, I mean, you almost think like, let's, let's heave this thing down, but 
you know, lining up. You know what? We're going to give this thing a 66-yard try. Uh, oh, that was pretty impressive. The former special and, teams uh, you know, coach, going right? Going back to uh, to Peter and coming back with uh, more stars. It's uh, the stars are out tonight, this morning, probably tonight for Peter. Um, but his last season's draft of bus, Cushenberry playing badly, badly, Judy and Hamler having injuries. No, not yet, not yet. Yeah. Um, you know, Judy has certainly flashed without a doubt. Um, Hamler, we'll see. We'll see. And I don't, I don't, I don't call injuries a bust unless you draft a guy with injury history, which you might be able to say about Hamler. Uh, and then injury. when did you get him? When, when yeah. did you, when he was a second round pick, correct? He was a mid second round pick yeah. uh, for the Broncos. It's, it's unfortunate. I would not call them a bust. Um, getting into Hamler, obviously he fell to where he did because of hamstring injuries. Otherwise he might've gone earlier. Um, he also, this is unfortunate. Um, the injury he suffered, the ACL and other stuff, which makes me concerned. It's also an LCL, which is the same injury that the ACL LCL combo is the same thing that Robert Griffin suffered that pretty much ended his career. Um, as far as like being an athletic, you know, twitchy guy. Um, but, uh, KJ Hammer also tore this ACL or injured this ACL his senior year of high school, the same exact knee. So it's a concern um, going forward. And uh, I want to get into what this could mean for the Broncos this season. Um, I think it's actually a bigger loss than people will make out given if you just look at KJ Hamler on paper, like with the numbers mm-hmm. he's had, the box score. Like, okay, if, well, if you look at it like a robot, you're like, all right, well, what's the big deal? Yes, I agree with you there. But KJ Hamler was the only person on this team that I felt was somebody that defensive coordinators had to respect as far as playing the single high versus the two deep and stacking the box because KJ Hamler on any play, we saw it in preseason. We almost saw it week one too. Um, on any play, he can house call it uh, vertically. He can do that also with after the catch, but um, house call it vertically. And Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, they're great wide receivers, especially down the field, but they're more the, the slow developing plays down the field. Like they can get down there in a decent hurry, but it's not like KJ Hamler as a sprinter. Um, so you might actually see some issues with the Broncos. We've already seen it in the first three weeks as far as a uh, team stacking the box and taking the runaway. I think you're going to see that even more now because the Broncos don't have any speed on the perimeter that teams have to respect. Um, you know, you know, my phrase, not my phrase, the phrase I always use when I talk about my bias about receivers is I like the big receivers because they're always open. Yeah. Um, you you're gonna need some help on the corners with Sutton and Patrick. Uh, we we saw that at the end of the first half on a fade route. You know Patrick is blanketed, comes up, brings the ball down one handed. Yeah. If you, those are the type of matchups you like, we we've seen good quarterback receiver combos make a living off of. Okay, I see single coverage on my guy, three step drop and just you know lob it, and <laughs> my guy's gonna beat your guy because he's better. So. I don't know that it's just the speed alone that that will dictate, you know, the 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 safety play. It, 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 a lot of it's going to be about, you know, can Sutton and Patrick make those catches if they're singled up? I think they can. I, I think I think you're okay there. Yeah. No, that's uh, it's just a bummer because like what? No, it sucks. Been, it still yeah. sucks. Yeah. <laughs> there's no there's no way about it. You know, and and can you put? You know, someone like Deontay Spencer in there who's athletic enough to be a, a return man to you just know he's a decoy though. You know, he's, this he's what, not... is he is he you know is he capable enough to bust us run right up the seam and, and put some fear into those safeties that you get some respect out of it, yeah. or is he not? I, I think he can catch the ball, goodness they're gonna say if he's returning kicks. I, I think he has issues from what I've seen, especially in like preseason, and uh I think that he really got a chance to make a play 
it was the Browns game two years ago um, when the Broncos, I think they had injuries and they put him out there. He's not very natural tracking the football down the field. Um, he doesn't have great hands. Well, he he's okay with the punts and the kicks, but as an actual receiver, there's not much nuance there. Um, and just never really took it. There. He's also a little bit older uh, for a wide receiver too. So I don't know how much actually is you're going to add on to him as he grows. Um, but yeah, well, you're, you're not looking, you're not looking for growth right now out of that position, you know, yeah. for a, for, for a replacement for KJ Hamler, you're looking for some, for, for some production. Cause you're three and O and you want to make yeah. a playoff run. Yeah. Uh, Gary leads Palmer, where are your Broncos for breakfast hats and teas guys support for our guys go Broncos beat Ravens. I don't know if you're talking to us. Mine should be in the mail. Um, I, it comes when it comes. We need some I, Broncos I need, for breakfast mugs. I need to get on it. I, I need to get on it for sure. Uh, my orders typically go to like baseball and softball bats. I've told you I have a, a coffee problem and a bat problem. Those are those are my two right now. So I, I need to get on that for sure because uh, you know it's uh, it's our way of helping to support the show that you guys are yeah. helping us do. Yeah, no, absolutely, I agree with you there. Um, I need to get that. That hat needs to get in here. It's a good looking hat too. So, and also it's black, so it goes with everything. And uh, I've been wearing a I'm lot of I'm worried Hawkeyes. about what a, uh, what a hat would do for my lights. Oh, so I'm not going to turn it around backwards. So that, that <laughs> one, that one, uh, I, I might need some branding back here. No, that, that would be, yeah, we need the Broncos for breakfast mugs. That would be a, a great way to go. Broncos for breakfast griddle. There we go. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, it really does, and it hurts the Broncos, I think, schematically because spacing is the biggest thing for me. Um, we've already seen teams have been stacking the box a decent rate. On um, The Broncos, I think, have had, they're in the top five as far as facing stacked boxes, and so far, Teddy has made opposing offenses pay, and I think he will continue to do that, but now I think it's going to be even harder for the Broncos to run the football consistently because there's going to be more resources, defensive resources allocated to the box, probably, and the Broncos, their, I think their rush success rate is like 26th in the NFL. So they're not really getting it done on the ground uh, from a down to down basis. And I think that gets harder. Also, I think the pass game gets harder. You're going to see more bodies at the second level uh, rather than that last third of the field. Uh, now that KJ hammer is going to be off the field. Now, if teams are, you know, playing more single high or cover zero, so help them God. Um, and uh, you have a chance, you have a one-on-one -on -one matchup with Tim Patrick or Cortland Sutton. Chuck it, you know, just, just, just that's it. A, oh, put it. Just put it up there. Throw, throw the same lock thing. one up. I, yeah, know, exactly. uh, I know. Let's see. I'm going to, I'm going to get in some trouble here with some of the folks in the chat, but I don't, I don't care. Uh, Careful. Careful. I care, but you know, it, we're not always going to agree. And, and the phrase hospital ball on that, that throw that Teddy threw is misused. Yeah. Hospital ball is leading a receiver into a big hit. A lob is not a hospital ball. That was unlucky. You go up and you come down on your knee and, and you twist it. And that that's bad. That that's part of it. That is like blaming a shooter for shooting a three-pointer and the rebounder goes up for the ball and comes down and and and, and tears up a knee. You should have made it. Almost the exact same scenario. That's not a hospital ball. That's not what a no. hospital ball is. A hospital ball is and, and basically hospital balls are basically illegal these days. You can't hit a guy you can't, when you're leading him into when you're lobbing it over the middle and leading him into a linebacker. Or uh, you know a safety; those are hospital balls. Throwing a jump ball up for somebody, it's a dangerous pass. Don't get me wrong; unless yeah. it's one v one, that was a dangerous pass, and it was not a good pass. But that's not a hospital ball. That's not what that is. Yeah, and I do think there is some nuance that could be added there, as far as uh, a guy with a stronger arm. Maybe there's less likely that player is going to get hit 
um, because the defense is not going to get there in time. And you see, there's a little bit more of a lollipop uh, with Teddy Bridgewater yeah, I'm not getting saying there. But that Teddy doesn't throw him. Everybody throws him, and somebody with less yeah. arm strength is going to throw more than others. I'm just saying yeah. that was not a hospital ball. That's yeah. a jump ball. Jump balls are not hospital balls. Leading a receiver into a guy who's about to take your head off, that's a hospital ball. And that's a, that's a uh, whole shot, right? Like that looked like it was a cover two look off the top of my head. You have to be able to hit it between the cornerback playing the flat and the safety playing the split. And he field was off balance and rolling. It was a, he never should have made that throw. He, he never yeah. should have made that throw. But that's that's not that's not why Hamler got hurt. It, it, his throw didn't hurt Hamler. That's that's yeah. not what happened. That was just a freak thing on a jump ball. We're gonna stop saying stop jumping for you know stop contesting balls in the air that are that yeah. are poorly thrown. Cause you might come down and twist your knee. That's nonsense. Yeah. I agree with you completely. And uh, you know, just if you were calling that a hospital ball, put, put on anything that you've seen from Tom Brady the last five years. And I can pick out a hospital ball uh, three or four times a day. Um, go, maybe not the best watch some, uh, Steve Atwater highlights. You'll see what hospital balls look yeah. like. Yeah. Cause he's going to be on the highlights at the end, putting guys in the hospital. Th- those are hospital balls. Yeah. Nope. I agree with you completely there. Um, shifting, not shifting gears, but uh, circling back to KJ Hamler, the injury sucks. I think that the, uh, triple coverage jump ball. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. It's it a triple, bad throw. It was yeah, a bad throw. I don't know if it was, I triple coverage to me means like there's three guys covering the guy that was a zone coverage. And well, it was by the a, time the ball got there, there were three guys yeah, covering that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. But it was, and I hate to laugh shot. about it. I'm, I'm don't get me wrong. Like I said, I, I was sick to my stomach watching that happen. Yeah. So I'm, I'm laughing about the the. I don't mean to laugh about the injury. The throw yeah. was a bad throw. It was yeah. it was a laughably bad throw. It was a bad decision. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't seen many bad throws from Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe that's why it's uh, sticking out a little bit to us. Um, he hasn't made many bad. I mean, zero interceptions so far. Um, but that one stands out. Um, Teddy Bridgewater so far though this season. This is absolutely insane. I know they've played not really great defenses yet. Um, Giants defense is solid, but um, Teddy Bridgewater so far this season the highest EPA per play of any quarterback in football expected points, averaged the highest completion percentage over expected. So what is that? That means uh, what your completion percentage actually is versus what the league averages from where you threw the football. Teddy's also the highest in the NFL in that metric as well. And those are two of the highest, um, most important used metrics for uh, analyzing quarterback efficiency. Teddy Bridgewater is playing as good as anybody in the NFL right now at the quarterback position. Can he make the plays that Justin Herbert's making Patrick Mahomes is making um, Aaron Rodgers, that uh, the leading the Packers down the field to beat the 49ers. No, he can't. Um, but uh, nor could Peyton Manning almost his whole career, nor could yeah, the GOAT no, Tom Brady. I, so I, I told you the, the time I watched Aaron Rodgers hang 50 on the Falcons, if I was playing Madden and someone was making those throws on the run, I would have been pissed. I'm like, what Cheating. kind of glitch are you using? You cannot throw the ball with that kind of velocity and accuracy running the other direction. It's impossible. You can't do it. Yeah, yeah he, he could. And uh, DBA saying Tom Brady has more arm strength at his age now than Teddy. I don't know if that's true. I think Teddy's arm has actually been okay in this game. He's, he's not uh, challenging for a top arm, but I think it's actually, it's like better than Trevor Simeon's was. And there's some quarterbacks in the NFL who are right there uh, with Teddy, but Teddy's doing a good job protecting the football. And uh, what I've really appreciated about Teddy is his, his ability in the pocket. Um, the thing that is incredible uh, with him so far. And uh, he's just so, he's so cerebral in the pocket. He's hanging in there. I think Teddy Bridgewater is like the third highest uh, pressured quarterback in the NFL through three weeks, which on the surface looks bad. But a lot of that, I think, is Teddy Bridgewater being really tough, um, hanging on to the football in that regard. And um, 
making sure he goes through all his reads. And I love it that he'll see a guy that he, he knows he's going to go to the foot, go there. Like that's my read for sure. Looks at him. He makes sure he sees what he sees, looks off for a second, you know, just holds the defense for a second, comes back to that guy. Even if it's an underneath pass, gets him the ball. There's space for that receiver then to do stuff after the catch. And uh, he's done that probably 10, 12 times in the first three games. And it's really kept these offenses moving uh, methodically down the field. I've been, I couldn't be more impressed with Teddy's play so far. Well, who'd we talk about earlier coming back from an injury saying he looked comfortable? Cortland Sutton, right? Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater looks as comfortable out there and confident out there as any time that we've seen since he was in his first or second year, pre-injury. He trusts his body again, and you're seeing what he can do with his legs to extend a play. If you give an NFL receiver an extra three-tenths of a second to get separation, he'll get it. And he's really doing a great job with that. And then if he needs to, he can take off and pick up 10, 15 yards on the run and, and, and get a first down. Um, especially the way that the injury bug is flying around Denver right now. Every time I see a quarterback start to scramble, I, you know, hold my breath a little bit. But, um, you know, he can certainly he can certainly do that. And then looking at the two running backs, you know, his when you when you check down and when you dump one off and you get a ball to Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams in space, they're going to turn that into a pretty good play. That's not just, okay, three yards here, four yards here. You know, that has a chance to go for 15 to 20. And uh, that's, that's a pretty nice option to have too. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you there. Um, they've been good. Uh, we'll see if you keep it up. But I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, I, I put it up on Twitter the other day. Uh, he's been the most efficient quarterback in football so far. And uh, he's like fifth in QBR. And I can't even imagine how high his QBR would actually be if the Broncos decided that they wanted to throw the ball in goal to go situations rather than handing it off. He's getting the the phrase I've used watching this guy, watching this team is they're like a boa constrictor. You know, there's no they haven't had to take any chances. They haven't had to take any risks. It's like, okay, we'll go down. We'll 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 get our uh, three points. It's like you could have more touchdowns, but you also might have interceptions. And you haven't needed to press these teams that you're playing. You're dominating them, just just dominating them. Just squeezing the life out of them. Uh, the closest game so far is what ten points, and that was because and, and the, the the two that were within ten and fourteen were both late garbage time scores to make yep. it even that close. Yep. So we haven't seen everything from this offense either. This they can be a lot more aggressive. You see a little bit in the first half. I think they were, they came out of the came out of the gate against the Jets three pass plays. You know, two mm-hmm. pass plays and a play action. One, two, three. Yep. Once they get a stranglehold on this game, then it starts slowing down a little bit. It's like we can just run the we can run the ball, run the clock, kick a field goal. One twenty six. What was it? Twenty six? Because I had twenty seven in my head because I picked it like twenty seven ten. It was twenty six to zero. Yep. Twenty six to nothing. And they left seven points on the field. It was first and goal from the New York Jets three, and Javonta Williams fumbles the football. Um, so it would have been more. That's the second time the Broncos have been close to scoring a touchdown, and they fumbled the ball away. And uh, you know, it really sucks to be making mistakes out there, but your team making mistakes that are coachable for you to improve and still getting wins like the Broncos are, that's a coach's dream, right? Like we have things, it's not like I have nothing really to nitpick on. Like you're making mistakes out there. No offense, bad game. I'm wearing my Hawkeye sweater. You know, it's hard for me to say, um, but uh, no offense, bad game. Um, multiple penalties, uh, didn't do the best. Uh, didn't, I thought his body language wasn't even the best um, and he's going to have to be better. Um, so, you know, that's, coachable things um, that you can improve upon there. So um, we'll see. And I wanted to circle back real quick to Teddy Bridgewater here. Um, This is a moment that happened after the game. And I don't want to go too far down the 
specifics of like the message here, but hopefully you guys can see that. If not, um, I, I know Scott and I can't, but maybe you guys can on your screen because uh, we have the chat going and everything there, but I'll read it. So uh, Justin Simmons after the game, she wanted to share a story. This was on his Instagram. Uh, he said, I have a small story to share from Sunday's game. After the game, home or away, a group of players from both teams come together, saying a prayer at midfield. It's my favorite thing about the game day on Sunday, giving thanks and praise to God, win or lose. Well, after the game was over and I was asked to do an interview talking about the big win, once the interview was over, I immediately looked behind me towards the 50-yard line, nervous that I had missed the prayer, and I did. However, Teddy was there waiting and told me, Jay, I got you, man. I know you didn't want to miss this, and started praying. There's a reason God brings people in your life, depending on what season of life you're in. Teddy didn't know. I never told him, but I needed that prayer. I always I share this story as a reminder of God is always with you. His timing is perfect, and resting is that resting in that is fulfilling. God bless you all. So, I mean, say what you will. You know, I'm not here to talk religion. That's not my department uh, at all. But Teddy being there, the emotional intelligence. So it's support. Yes. It's support. Yes. And here's and, – and you guys know – we've all seen the people that do what appears to be selfless acts, but it's really to just draw attention to themselves. You know, <laughs> everybody come in, let's come in, rah, rah, rah. And whether it's a prayer, whether it's a pep talk, whatever, it's a very egotistical thing. The guy staying behind for a one-on-one -on -one because he knows you don't want to miss it. That's real. Yeah, <laughs> Teddy's real, and 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 everybody and everybody there knows it, and that's important. Yeah, no, Teddy. That's I mean, you talked about it. Him being the the Pied Piper, um, and just the emotional intelligence that he has uh, for the team. I mean, you hear the teammates talk about him, man. They I love, love the guy. they love, love him. I loved him since he was sixteen years old that I first watched him play. He's just always. Just always, but called it. Who's got the it factor? Teddy Bridgewater's got that. It's one of those guys that you look. Football's just, you know, it's a short window in his life. You know, I want to see Teddy Bridgewater when he. What's he going to do beyond it? Because he can do so many things beyond football. He's just one of those type of people. Teddy Bridgewater for president. You guys heard it here. Teddy two gloves, two terms. Teddy two terms. That's even better. <laughs> Teddy you two have terms. My vote. He's too good a person to be in a politics, so. Yeah, probably, but uh, man. It's if you're pulling against Teddy at this point because of I don't know whatever's going on in your life, yeah, I think you need to look <laughs> in the mirror um, because he is he literally is one of the good ones. Um, Kareem coming in here, Kareem, good to see you, buddy. Uh, he says most underappreciated Bronco through three weeks, one offensive player and one defensive player. Uh, most underappreciated Bronco. See, it's that's hard for us to say because we I feel talk like about we, all of them. We talk all the time. Yeah, we talk about um, all of them. It's hard. You know, we it's, it's kind of our job to, to to call out the guys that are that are underappreciated that, that other people don't see that do things like that. So it's, it's really tough because if, uh, if, if we name somebody, we've probably already talked about them in this pod, let alone yeah. over the past week. Um, I'll throw one out for offense um, first and I'll be, I'm racking my brain about defense, but this is not just this season. This is almost his whole career. And that's Melvin Gordon. Um, Melvin Gordon was brought to Denver in weird circumstances uh, because especially with the fandom, because this fan base was in love with Philip Lindsay. And I get it. Undrafted free agent, uh, close uh, from Colorado, local kid, et cetera, et cetera. And the Broncos are gearing up. You know, his, you know, he's getting paid very little. And the Broncos then go out there and disrespect him and pay uh, Melvin Gordon. So he's already kind of like, you know, in the crosshairs of the fans. Um, and he was pretty solid last year other than the fumbles, um, which is a big issue. Uh, and then this season, the Broncos go out there and trade up for Javonta Williams, who we love, we like. And it's like, OK, well, now we're replacing Melvin Gordon. Put him aside. Well, how soon can we play uh, Javonta Williams? And Javonta Williams was not good versus the Jets. Gordon had a really good game. 
Um, so uh, I'm going to go with underappreciated, and it's just because of a lot of circumstances surrounding him. Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon's been really good, and I think he deserves a little bit of uh, just an open mind uh, from the Broncos fans because he's he's been a solid player, and you need him. This team needs him to be good, and he has been good. All right. How about how about for this week? How about Tom McMahon? How about special <laughs> team? How about the special teams units? I started when I started watching the game. I started yeah. charting the the special teams plays just to see how they went. First punt inside the ten, good. Kick off through the end zone, field goal. Kick off through the end zone, a punt, a uh, fair catch on the six. That one was a little questionable. Yeah. Uh, the second punt was a fifty. The, the second punt the Broncos had was a fifty-three yard net where your punters literally has a shadow of his goalposts. He's standing between them. Three and out. The next play, uh, they picked up 25 net yards on the punting units because it went three and out, and then they they punted real short. So um, at the end of the – I think this was at the end of the half. Uh, they they got a, the taunting penalty, so they kicked off from the 20. He still kicked it to the goal line. Coverage held him to the 28. That's not bad. And then a penalty knocked him back to the 12. So special teams – was a win, uh, was a win for the Broncos this week. Yep. Um, I agree with you there. Uh, one defensive player, and this is somebody that we, I'm, I'm putting it on you guys, the specifically the Broncos for breakfast community. And I'll call it out. Maybe again, another time he's not underrated for us, but from a national perspective, people are like who, and I think he's, he has an argument for being the Broncos best player on the field. Two of the three games so far, Draymond Jones. Draymond Jones was an absolute menace again this week. He was phenomenal. That play where he beat up Connor McGovern and met the, he almost like took the ball from the quarterback as the handoff was happening. It was that quick. Um, He had, he's also, despite being a smaller uh, interior defensive lineman, been phenomenal against the run so far. And it's not that, you know, we think Draymond Jones is underrated, but if you went up to a, even somebody who really knew the NFL pretty well, maybe not somebody who followed the draft, um, but somebody who really knew the NFL and you're like, oh man, Draymond Jones has been good. Nine out of ten, nine out of ten of those guys are gonna be like, or gals are gonna be like, who? Draymond, who? Um, and that's a travesty because he's been phenomenal so far. So uh he's playing at a Pro Bowl level, no doubt about it. So we really I think it's on Broncos country to really get Draymond Jones's name out there because he's been playing that good. He is underappreciated, not only from the I think the fans as well, but definitely from a national perspective. He's good. And for he's this week, good. I thought Mike Purcell played well. So uh, for underappreciated for this week, I, I might say Mike Purcell. I thought he had a really good game. Uh, Tony, relatively new name. I, I see a lot of the names, and I don't remember seeing you here before. I could be wrong. I think because I, I feel like I recognize the kid. That's a cute kid. <laughs> in, the, in the avatar. So uh, certainly appreciate the stars you come in, and we love you too. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, Tony. But uh, yeah, uh, Broncos fans, it's on you guys. Uh, Draymond Jones, we got to get that hype up there. He has been really good. Um, somebody was at me on Twitter the other day that Draymond Jones has been silent. He And he was disappointing in the Jacksonville game. I don't know what happened there. You wanted to see more of him in that game. But week one and week three, phenomenal. I think he had over yeah. 90 grade in both those games. Again, with any – you give me a small enough sample size, I can prove any point you want. Any point. Well, he he wasn't there in the Jacksonville game. Well, what did Jacksonville do? You know, maybe they saw him and, you know, they, you know these guys are get, get paid a lot as well and they yeah. saw what we saw in week one which was the right side of that offensive line of the jacks was getting killed they got killed in the first game i'm like oh my god draymond jones and von miller are going to murder their their quarterback well not murder just hurt him really badly and so they have to make they have to do some different things in order to make sure that they give some protection to the right side of their offensive line because that's the strength of the defensive front 
of the Denver Broncos. So they have to scheme against it. So they whatever they did, it worked. But unless you've got talent across the board, it means you're giving up something else. And the Broncos are good enough on defense. If Draymond's quiet, it probably means somebody else had a pretty good game because Draymond's yeah. a good player just to get shut down. So, again, small sample size. Jaguars, he was quiet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give credit to the Jaguars for that knowing that they had to they had to have seen what we saw after week one, which is the right side of their offensive line was a mess. Yeah. No, absolutely. You are correct in that. Uh, they probably really allocated some resources. Also, maybe the Broncos did something schematically uh, in that game where Draymond wasn't able to pin his ears back as much. Uh, not sure, but uh, Draymond's been great in two games so far, like really great. Um, and uh, we should appreciate that and make sure that people are paying attention because he's been great. Um, so, Unfortunately, I want to pivot one more time back to uh, <clears throat> KJ Hamler, and I want to discuss the ACL injury and some other stuff. Guys, I think given that this is the second time that he's had an ACL injury on that same knee, I think it was his left knee, but don't quote me on that one. Um, I don't know what we're going to see from KJ Hamler next season. This could easily be a, not just 12 months, this could be like a 16, 18 month recovery, which means that we're really not seeing KJ Hamler, if ever again, like, We'll see, like, we'll see, but like, I don't think we should expect him next year as well. And that might at least uh fully healthy. We might see him towards the end of the next season. And I think that might shift your needs heading into the draft and free agency this year, where that dynamic speed receiver that uh, can take the top off the defense has now been pushed up the draft board uh, because you need somebody that can decompress the field. Well, and not only is it more of a need, I think you could take a receiver in the first you know, in the middle rounds every year, you know, yeah. it's just, it's just that important that you need six receivers over the course of a season that you could probably take one in rounds three, four, and five every single year. Um, now mm -hmm. it's now it starts to question, okay, do we need to move that up a little bit? So yeah, we plan on taking maybe one in the fourth round. I like this guy. Well, maybe now I need to move up to, to, to second or third round to try and do that. Uh, there might be bigger questions. You know, there's, there's a lot, you know, what's Sutton do? What's what's Tim Patrick do? Uh, yeah. How bad is it for Hamler? How does Judy come back? And you know, I, I still look at the Broncos, and I'm I'm still I'm like your your wide receiver core is still better than most. You know, yeah. it's still better than most. You really need two guys to step up at the receiver position. You still have two plus receivers. Like I said, though, it's it's the depth that starts getting a little bit scary now. Yeah, but more so. I'm just talking more so team building and mm -hmm. I'm very much a proponent of building your wide receiver core, like a basketball team. You know, you need your big guys and you need your small, quick guys and you need your full court runner types. And, uh, you know, right now when Judy comes back, you know, that's kind of that, uh, the quicker guy who's really dynamic after the catch, uh, and obviously can uncover really quickly. And hopefully that ankle isn't really hindering him, but, uh, losing KJ, his ability in the short pass game and down the field, is is going to hurt uh, the offense uh, schematically, and they're going to need to look for some dynamic uh, players in the pass game because in today's NFL, with how much spacing you get and how these guys are not allowed to uh, touch <laughs> receivers so much, um, you need those those guys who can uh, stretch the field and create uh, big plays and be coverage dictators. And uh, without KJ Hamler out there, you don't really have that guy. So um, it's definitely something that's probably moved up the draft board. Uh, we should hopefully no more when April comes with KJ Hamler's knee, like how the surgery went what the long-term prognosis looks like. I'm not expecting him to be much of a impact player, unfortunately, until maybe halfway through next season, um, given it's the other stuff there. And I think it's the LCL. Um, but 
it just kind of changes the dynamic of this team. And we obviously you look at this, uh, this roster heading into the season, like, Oh my, we're pretty stacked everywhere besides quarterback. Maybe you go tackle, maybe you go edge rusher, blah, blah, blah. The wide receivers probably rocketing up the board now, not only because Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, but now you have the KJ Hamler information as well. So that's why you play a full season and you don't uh, pin yourself to one single position. Uh, let the draft board fall to you. And, um, uh, be open to it, but wide receiver, I think is definitely up there. Well, and it's also why we said going in, would you trade this guy or trade that guy or trade this guy or trade that guy? No, you know, no, not for what you could get for him right now. Uh, yeah. Use your depth. This is a team that this is a team that wants to challenge for the playoffs and make a run this year. You know, you don't trade yeah. away depth for draft capital right now. Um, you know, it, when you're, when you start on three, now you start thinking about it, but you're three and oh, you, you need every player you can get. Yep. And uh, there's a lot of Lamar Jackson conversation uh, in the chat right now. Um, we'll get to that, guys, on Thursday. We're going to have a, probably a full episode talking about Baltimore, but it should be a heck of a game. Um, Baltimore has looked definitely beatable so far. Uh, one of the few teams that's probably been beat up as badly, if not worse, than the Broncos. Um, but um, Baltimore will be a very tough test. I'm very glad that th the game is in Denver, I believe, off the top of my head. Um, so that'll be great for the Broncos because, man, that's a, that home crowd is rocking. I think they're going to be rocking again. It's Apparently, it was just absolutely insane uh, there. So I'm really jealous of everybody who got to go, especially to that mile-high huddle tailgate as well. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, that's that's a big one. Um, coming back again, though, to the Jets, what were your key takeaways? Uh, we've been talking a lot about KJ Hamler, Teddy Bridgewater, et cetera, et cetera. How much could you actually take away from how dominant that Broncos game was? And even, like, the 3-0 start versus 0-9 teams. You know, everybody's, they're the butt of every joke right now. Well, not the, every the joke, Jets, <laughs> you, you start, I, I felt the same way when I watched Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence in week one, you know, the, the receivers got to help your young quarterbacks. You know, we're, you're so good at receiver that you're not used to say, maybe you got used to it last year with Judy, but making drops, but you know, those guys are, there were several drops that would have extended drives that catches that have to be made. And they're not, yeah. you got a rookie quarterback who's, got the propensity for taking risks anyway. And if you're dropping passes, you know what? This guy's open, but my guy's a little more covered, but he caught it last time. I'm going to take more of a risk. Uh, it's bad news. So yeah. you, you see you see what they're trying to do and you see the talent out there. And, it, you know, again, I use the phrase fine margins. There's such fine margins you know, whether it's a, a delay a game penalty on a field goal. How the hell does that happen? You know, now you're punting. Instead of 10 to 3, now it's 10-0 and you're giving the ball back to, to Teddy Bridgewater because you you got a, a penalty, a, a delay a game penalty on a field goal. And that yeah. can't happen. So making some of those catches you know, to extend drives, making plays that should be made are it is what separates the good teams from the New York teams. I watched the Giants. We've I've seen them twice now. I watched them against the Broncos and I watched them against the Falcons. They're better top to bottom than the Atlanta Falcons. But God, dog, do they make mistakes. They made so many mistakes out there that were just game killers. They were better across the board, except for stupid plays. The Jets, they're not as bad as Denver made them look, but maybe they are. Because they're not making the plays they should. They're getting penalties when they when they shouldn't. And, again, for me, it's the receiver. You've got to help your young quarterbacks. I've seen it happen with uh, with Trevor Lawrence now, uh, you know, scouting the Jaguars before you played them. Seen it with the Jets when you did play them this week. And the receivers are dropping way too many passes for rookie quarterbacks. Yeah. 
I agree with you there. I, I would say my big take. Oh, we got Malcolm coming in. Um, name two Ravens that should be Broncos. Um, hmm. I will take. Oh, uh, Adafe Owe. Of course. There you go. There's one. He's been <laughs> God. Oh, he There's didn't one. have a sack at Penn State. Guys, sacks are highly volatile. Pressures, uh, quarterback hits. Those are extremely uh, predictive. And Ad Adafe Owe or Jason away as he went by in Penn state. If you guys don't uh, remember, he's now Odafe, which is his real name. Um, he's been phenomenal. I think he was defensive player of the week last week as well. So that's was one. He? Um, yeah. He was AFC, maybe NFL. Oh, I hate when these guys make me look good. The problem is, is not enough people listen to me to remember. <laughs> I remember we were both, we were, we were vibing on away. That was uh, one of our first uh, sharing a brain. Um, but away has been phenomenal. Um, he looks like he's going to be, you know, so has a, uh, Micah Parsons at edge. Not, I think he's still a little bit, uh, not the best processor at off ball. I really hope they don't move him, um, from edge to off ball. I also love the combination of maybe it's the 2013 Seattle defense, but when you kind of have that more bigger body edge guy and then the stand up two point guy, the Leo, right. Um, and Parsons, if you can do that with Dexter Lawrence, I think that Dallas pass rush could actually be pretty fun. Um, so that's one that, uh, just talking about Penn state defensive players, a couple freak athletes. there. always been great. I know we have Garrett Bowles. But Ronnie Stanley might be the second best left tackle in football, and he's such a value position that I I want to lean him. I mean, I mean, the real answer, of course, is Lamar Jackson. As good as Teddy Bridgewater has been, Lamar is such a young, dynamic player um, that, and he's so valuable at quarterback that uh, he's probably the real one. But I'm putting quarterback in a box there, so that I guess I'll go easy. Ronnie Stanley in a way. Yeah. yeah, Lamar Lamar was too easy. You take Lamar in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, the other one that probably deserves a shout out is uh, Marlon Humphrey. Uh, probably one of the better cornerbacks in football and another you can Alabama guy. Yeah. Another Alabama guy. A lot was made about him. Alabama kind of does a weird like shuffle technique. At least they used to do so where they'd kind of turn inside. It's not the pure like uh, drop back, I guess from the cornerback position where they'd kind of turn and face um, that. I remember that was a big thing. Oh, he doesn't play the technique that they're going to ask him to play in the NFL. He's a great athlete. He's smart. He tackles. Yeah, he he's long. Learn. He's big. He's an all he's an Olympic or a junior Olympic uh, hurdler or hundred meter uh, sprinter as well. One of those things for Marlon Humphrey. Uh, he's the other one who sticks out to me. Can never have enough good cornerbacks. Um, ben Cleveland is Quinn Miners plus. I don't know if he's as durable <laughs> as him. That's the problem. But Ben yeah. Ben Cleveland is a middle South Georgia country boy who like you know lifts tractors and stuff. <laughs> so at guard, I'll be interested to see how his career develops. He. He just because of his size, he was that big at like 14, um, yeah. you know, 360 pounds or something. I mean, just a massive human being, um, but has had trouble staying healthy. It'll be interesting to see how he develops. But, you know, I I, I am very curious to watch Adafi's career progression because I said it and it sounds like hyperbole, but the numbers back me up. The minute he put on a helmet, he was one of the 10 best athletes in the NFL. And that's just insane. Yeah. I mean, he's probably one of the top 100 athletes in the world, like that kind of <laughs> level of person, maybe 50, just a freak, height, weight, speed. Um, I guess the question also, Malcolm says, what name two Ravens that should be Broncos? I was always a big Derek Wolf fan. Um, he went over to the Ravens, but uh, maybe he should still be a Bronco. He's been great. Broncos are fine at the defensive line, but I do love Derek Wolf. Um, and also the other one, the Broncos had him. And uh, because of his, this is what I was told, but because of his wife, um, he didn't sign with Denver. I think she wanted to live somewhere warmer and also the no income, uh, no state income tax. Uh, Calais Campbell, so close to signing with Denver, his wife and uh, the 
Florida state laws, I think pushed him to Jacksonville, which is unfortunate. And now he's, he's traded to the Ravens and has been phenomenal. I love Clayus Campbell been one of my favorite players since uh, he entered the league. Yeah. I think he was a second round pick. How stupid is that? He's, he was incredible at Miami. What a freak. Um, go ahead. Oh, that's okay. I was just thinking, uh, you know, state taxes. I'm like, I bet he's got some state taxes in Baltimore, uh, Maryland now. Yeah, probably. But the the, the uh, signing bonus, that big front was all yeah. Jacksonville. So I don't know. <laughs> he's, he's close enough to Washington that there's enough loopholes for people with money that they can they can wheel and deal their way out of that. So yeah, but we won't talk politics. <laughs> Man, we're uh, we're we're t- t- towing some dangerous lines today, talking uh, religion with Teddy or Justin Simmons thing and uh, politics now. But we'll uh, back up for just a second. Um, any other takeaways so far from this? Oh yeah, what I wanted to say: the Broncos are three and zero. Yes, that's true. They've played three teams that are zero and nine. Guys, I don't think it's I don't think it can be understated how badly the Broncos beat these teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and also these games, if you look at the score, they are not as close as uh, should be. If you look at the actual like the stats, the EPA per play, total yardage, whatever Broncos should have won these games by more. I don't know if you you follow baseball, you know, the, like the Pythagorean uh, record that you're supposed to have, which goes based on your uh, your point differential and run like differential. Yep. Yep. And like the, the Dodgers should have like 108 wins this year. And they only have like 98, whatever weird noise going on there. Um, I think the Broncos right now, they've left so many points on the field so far this season with uh, penalties, uh, turnovers and in the goal to go situations. Um, those are ones that are off the field. And also they've given up fluky uh, touchdowns um, that uh, should have been better as well. Um, so they, they touched the kickoff return touchdown, the big one with uh Gosh, it was the Daniel Jones touchdown as well. So Broncos should have beaten these teams even more uh, than they did. So um, that's what good teams do against bad teams. And it should be better. Well, and as EJ says, the NFL still doesn't respect the Broncos because we haven't beaten any good teams yet. Well, the nice thing about the NFL is it doesn't matter. And this, this isn't, this is just on your, cause you're right. You know, there's not a lot of respect. I look at power rankings and the Broncos are still in the teens, but you know, this isn't, this isn't talking about a college poll. If you keep winning, you win the Super Bowl. Yep. Respect is nothing. That's about fans' egos. That has yep. it has absolutely no bearing on what happens on the field or how the season plays out. That's the good part. Yep. So the fact that I say, oh, the, there's no respect, my question is, so what? Yeah. Go take care of business. You know, who, who are you supposed to be? You're 3-0. and You beat the hell out of the three teams in front of you. What were you supposed to do? Maybe I'd get more respect if we played them closer. You know, I mean, yeah. what, what are you going to do? You had three weak teams. You beat the hell out of them. All right, who's next? And you keep winning? Respect doesn't matter. You'll you'll get your respect eventually. That's how the season works. Yeah, this isn't uh, college football where it is a beauty contest as well, right? It's not just that you have to win. You have to win pretty against teams that you're better than. Every single win counts the exact same um, in the standings in the stat column. So uh, you got to lean into it. And the Broncos are three and zero. They're very dinged up right now, but they're in as good of a spot as anybody could have hoped. Um, Record wise, Teddy's playing great. Uh, you hope that these guys come back, but uh, healthy. But uh, we'll see. Um, so, and uh, before we get on out of here, any concerns now that we're taking a like, you know, hundred yards above the field kind of type of look? Any concerns coming out of these three games? Uh you know, we we, we kind of said that the running game would be better against the Jets just because their interior yeah. line isn't as good. It was. Um, you know, there's still some concern there. And if you're not concerned about the injuries right now, then you're not paying attention. You yeah. know, I, I 
it's like who's like I said, it, it's it's almost like we're watching a, a horror movie right now where you're on a vacation and everybody's super happy because you're three and oh and it's great. But wait, where'd Jill go? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what happened to Dexter? He's gone now, too. You know, people are just disappearing and it's gotta stop. It it's just it has to. Some of these players has to have to will will start coming back. You know, and you're not so worried about the ankle sprains or, you know, those type of things. But there's been two devastating injuries in the last two weeks that have taken two starters out of the lineup. And that, that stuff's got to stop. Yep. That, that's the biggest one for me is the injuries as well, but specifically to the interior offensive line. I mean, you know, we've been critical and rightfully so of uh, the combination of Dalton Reisner, uh, Lloyd Cushenberry and Graham Glasgow. And now that we've saw Quinn Miners out there and uh, Natane Moody, who graded really well for pro football focus again. Um, but that trio right now, they've already been probably one of the more inconsistent units for the Broncos so far this season. And uh, now that you're lying on the depth there, it's going to be a, it's going to be concerning. And I know Dalton Reisner was in a boot yesterday. I think Graham Glasgow is fine, which is great to hear, uh, but Reisner might not be playing this week. So you might see Natane Moody at left guard instead, uh, but it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to watch that. And because that interior offensive line, it's just the run game has not been as consistent as you'd like to see um, from a down to down basis. They haven't been efficient, which is what you're looking for. It's not about the volume stats for running games. It's about efficiency and we have not gotten there yet. Uh, so hopefully that'll improve as the season continues. But uh, that's, that's probably my biggest concern. Teddy Bridgewater's playing out of his mind right now. If he continues this level of play, even though he's not getting touchdowns, like he should be in the MVP conversation. That's how good he's been. We should expect some regression, right? He's not going to probably end up the highest EPA per play CPOE quarterback in the NFL. He might end up top 10 to 12, which is pretty much what you need for this roster as long as they don't keep, you know, forming a mash unit. Um, but uh, the run game is going to have to step up. The run blocking is going to have to step up because it can't constantly be the pass game with Teddy Bridgewater uh, to win, especially when the weather starts to get a little worse. Yeah, and, and you, you've seen it already. You know, the way Teddy's playing, you're, it's going to open up more more running lanes. Uh, and Peter Mills says, don't forget, call out for Javante Williams getting his first touchdown interception for Stearns. Absolutely. Uh, appreciate you, Peter. And uh, Michael, checking in today. Great show today. I'm Broncos for breakfast. Uh, thanks for checking in, Michael. Uh, appreciate you being here, as always. Yeah. Um, concerns? I don't know. I, I haven't watched. For me, the Ravens are like a mystique. They're like a name. I'm like, well, of course they're going to be good on defense and Lamar Jackson's going to run the ball. Um, you're so good on the edges right now that Lamar Jackson schematically doesn't scare me as much as he might, but he's got that X factor where he can do stuff that you just can't scheme against. He's just, yeah. he, he's that good. Um, the safeties, Kareem Jackson loves to crash forward and I love him for it, but you, you've got to be, you've got to be a little more disciplined and be willing to give up a six or seven yard scramble because Lamar Jackson can flick his wrist and throw the ball 65 yards. So yep. if he's scrambling, you better stick with your guys. So Lamar Jackson is obviously the biggest concern here. And if he gets to the 40, his own 40, he's in field goal range. That's a concern. <laughs> God, Oh man. But, uh, Broncos so far, amazing red zone defense. Um, hopefully that'll continue. Um, but guys, we got to get out of here next, uh, this Thursday, we're going to definitely talk some Ravens. I know there's been a lot of Lamar Jackson talk here. I need to go back and watch that Ravens lions game as much as that sounds a little bit painful, uh, to me <laughs> watching the lions play football, but, uh, well, yeah, we have to scout the Ravens and see what they're doing. And also, man, they've been, they're very close to being zero and three this season. Uh, so, um, it's going to be interesting to see that game. 
maybe a little bit of a paper tiger, but we'll see. Oh, we also got a uh, stars coming here from Claude uh, Riley saying, go Broncos. Thank you so much, Claude. We appreciate that so much. Um, it means a lot to us. Shout out to all of our uh, super chat, superstar people that came in today. Dave Glassman, Peter Middleton, John D Herrera, Tony Bernard, Gary Leeds Palmer, Chris Hernandez, Malcolm Brown, Claude Riley, uh, Michael Ronquillo as well, I, I believe uh, came in with stars as well. So we appreciate all you guys. And if we, uh, if we missed you, I apologize. Hopefully we didn't miss you during the show. Um, we'll come back and, and make sure we get you a call out later. Thank you very much. Yeah, guys, make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter, Scott at scout Kennedy and myself at Nick Kendall, M H H follow us also at huddle up pod, as well as at mile high huddle. If you're on Facebook today, joining us, make sure you also go to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle or, and, or facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. Join us there if you're on YouTube today and you know, you, you're not in a position to contribute to the show financially. That's okay. Something you can do that's totally free. That's really helpful to us. Subscribe, like, and share. Um, not only do that to this channel, but also make sure you're going to Scott's channel, subscribing, liking, and sharing at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. And uh, Scott will be over there tomorrow and I will see you guys uh, tonight. Scott will be there too, working in the background, but uh, we got some uh, building the Broncos tonight. Who's oh, actually, coming, it's coming in tonight no, no, too. No, it's you and me. It's, it's you okay. And me I was like, it's been, it's been us until Carl yeah. gets back. It's us. Um, so I think, you know, if you didn't get enough of us today, this morning, we'll be back for dinner. Broncos for dinner. There we go. Um, but yeah, no guys, we will see you tonight. Uh, Carl is still in the Dominican. He's not sure how much longer he is going to be there. Um, so uh, we'll continue to be at Scott and I on Tuesday nights and it'll be good. And then we'll be Wednesday morning as well. And then Thursday morning as well. So a lot of football talk. Uh, you guys, obviously, thank you so much for joining the chat. Scott, what do you got going the rest of the day? Uh, it's Champions League day. Mm-hmm. So uh, some I haven't looked to see what the slate of games is. But, uh, you know, it, for middle of the afternoon, just to have a game on in the background, if you're not a baseball guy, having the having the, the football on is is really nice. So uh, champ, Champions League day, dude, that's, that's where all uh, – that's probably my favorite competition in sports and maybe of all time. I mean, I know a lot of people like March Madness and stuff, but – um, this is very similar to something like almost like a college football playoffs, except for player uh, football around the world. So, um, that's probably what I'll be doing. And then, you know, the kids get home and gotta, I gotta be bus driver to, to kids yeah. sports. <laughs> no, absolutely. Well, guys, we'll see you tonight. Everyone stay safe between then get some work done and, uh, we'll see you at six o'clock mountain time for building the Broncos until then go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.